like minorities as members uh, as, as as black members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and then we, amongst our friends and at, in our neighborhoods, we're minorities because we were members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So you know, we never really fit in. But my mom um, and my, my my parents really um, just harped on how like the Lord will have a peculiar people. Welcome to Fortune and Faith, a show about members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and how their faith influenced and oftentimes sustained them as they persevere through obstacles, failures, and challenges on their quest for success. I'm Jason Tang. The average American family is just over three persons per household. Compare that to families with four children who make up less than 10% of homes in the United States. And then there's the Bonner family, with eight children, all of them who are wildly talented in music and the arts. Together, they are the Bonner family group of singers who have performed all over the world, on all stages, and in front of presidents and prophets alike. The family is known for their praise music and released their work through a record label and through social media channels. And for Yehosh, the fifth of eight, his business and brand is centered on his talents. Yehosh is skilled in athletics, as a musician, television host, actor, and motivational speaker, to name a few. But despite the accolades, his quest for success is filled with obstacles, including struggling with his own confidence, growing up a minority as an African-American in his community and in church, and reconciling the history of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and their 129-year-long policy from 1849 to 1978 of not allowing men of black African descent to hold the priesthood. And we touch upon all these topics, but at first introductions, most people initially wonder what the name Yehosh means and how he got it. And that's exactly where we start. So Yehosh is short for Yehoshua, a variation of Jesus' name in Hebrew. Um, and uh, my parents love Jesus. And they love me. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> they named uh, me Yehosh, uh, Yehoshua. My middle name is actually Yehoshua. My first name is Kuregi. Okay. Yeah. And then Kuregi is a Swahili name. Um, my dad's favorite college professor his name was Kuregi, and uh, my parents are very black conscious and um, love to uh, connect us to our heritage through our names. And so I have four, I have three brothers and four sisters, and, and most of us have African names. And your parents, when they were younger, they were missionaries in Africa. Mm-hmm. But as it turns out, of course, they, they met missionaries of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. Talk about the whole conversion process for for your parents and how that path got started for for the Bonner family. Oh, for sure. Well, man, it starts, you know, uh, I'll start with my dad. My dad has a, a rich uh, heritage in, in gospel, in gospel music. Um, his aunt uh, was Grace Bonner, and she was a trailblazer of gospel music in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, after slavery, my, my, my dad's uh, grandfather um, and, and their family were sharecroppers in, in Georgia, and they and they came up to Cincinnati um, to just you know start a better life, and so that is where um, we had the Bonner family singers, and that was my aunt Grace, my my grandmother, um, Uncle Edmund, and, and a couple other Bonner siblings, because there were I think there were ten of them, ten Bonners, and five of them were were singers, and uh, Grace Bonner organized a little singing group, and so. Um, that had always been rooted in my dad's upbringing. He went to uh, a private um, 
a private Catholic school. And so that has been a part of his upbringing. My mom learned to read through singing gospel music. She was in her in her choir at uh, her church and she had a friend that could really, really sing. And she said, she said her first prayer was, Lord, just allow me to have a voice and you, you bless my voice. I'll use it for you. I will use it for you. And, and uh, she, her voice was blessed and her church paid for her voice lessons and she toured. And, and so they both each had uh, a strong foundation uh, of faith. Um, they met up in, at, the, at the University of Michigan, um, got married and decided to serve a mission. Um, they were they were called to serve in Liberia, West Africa, um, for the Baptist Church, and so they spent a couple years there. My eldest sister was born there. Nolang is her name. It's Nolang Ye. Uh, she was born there, and then um, they came back. My parents were kind of like spiritual hippies. Like they <laughs> like wherever the spirit, like wherever they felt the Lord wanted them to be, they They're were there. there. And they had um, after they came back, they went to live in Cincinnati for a while. And they felt impressed to move west. And they got out west, didn't know anybody, but they're like, this is where the Lord wants us, you know. And and uh, and, and they um, crossed paths with some missionaries and told them, you know, they're just on the path of wherever the Lord wanted them to be and that they were missionaries once. And then they they, they got to talking and um, uh, they said, well, let, let me introduce you to our our, our, our bishop and our, our leaders at our church. And they said, so they did that, and it was really neat because my parents really didn't, they didn't know anybody, didn't have very much money left. They, I think they were up to their, maybe their last day in the hotel, and uh, really humble family, the Ross family, took my, my parents and my sisters in, and my mom was pregnant, and just treated them like family for about six months until they were able to, to move on on their own, but... Um, that's the gospel in action, you know. Was the Ross, so, they members of the church? They were members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, yeah. And, and uh, um, Bishop Ross um, was just a kind man, just it, it had a lot of kids himself, but most of his kids had moved on to school and college, and he had a couple kids left in the home, but still welcomed my family, and um, that relationship was, was extremely strong, you know. But uh, eventually, after a lot of prayer and and, 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 and spiritual impressions, um you know, they join the church. Um, and that's, that's a long story, but it's, it's pretty inspiring because my mom, like I said, gospel music was huge right. to her. And my dad had that also gospel heritage and for them to come into a church where gospel music really wasn't present and for them to have gone and served in Africa and to loved black people and African people and to not see that in the congregation, that was another thing that they had to overcome. But they said, man, the Lord said for us to be here that's where they're going to go no matter what, you know? And so, um, they, they, they did that and I appreciate their, their faith, you know, and it's, it's held strong till today. All of my brothers and sisters are, are members of the church and, um, you know, we are not who we are as a family without the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's eight of you. Mm -hmm. I think you're the, I'm the fifth of eight. The fifth, fifth of, of eight. eight. Yeah. There's four boys and four girls. Yep. And you're all singers. I mean, you yeah. all have this incredible <laughs> musical talent. If you haven't, Seeing the Bonner family, Google it. You'll see amazing performances by every single one of them hey. and reading amazing stories. <laughs> but how, how did all eight of you become so talented in, in music? So obviously God has blessed us, uh, but my mom also helped nurture that gift of music within us. She taught each of us how to sing and taught each of us how to teach. So each, of, each one of us know how to teach and coach voice. 
Um, and so when my mom was teaching as we were growing up, she'd put us in our classes, put us in our productions. We'd have people over for dinner. She'd be like, sing for them, guys, sing for them. She'd make us sing for <laughs> our friends and, and and families that would come over, and we'd sing in the church. And uh, Sundays were long. Sundays were long for us. We would go to our church, which was three hours then, and then we would go to the church where my mom was teaching voice lessons to the to the church choirs and then we go to another church where she was oh, singing wow. as a soloist like it, 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 it depending on where we lived we were going to several different churches i think it was important for our mom uh it was important f- to my mom and my dad for us to still keep that love of gospel music um within us and obviously that foundation and love for the savior and they felt that the best way that they could do that is by uh still having us follow our, our mom and to all these different gospel <laughs> choirs in, in, in churches. So, For you, when you were growing up and going to these different churches, you know, I think a lot of people within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints only know that ward setting and that, that, mm-hmm. that culture that exists within. When you went to all these different churches, what was the feeling like and the difference maybe between, uh, you know, the different churches that you were, you were going to? Oh, man, I was like, oh, this is shorter. Oh man, we, we we get to eat a meal after this church, you know. I mean, there's just it's different different things, you know. Um, you know, the praise music was was different, um, but generally it was it was when you get around other believers, it's just love, man. You feel a lot of love, um, and people just trying to be their best and trying to be more, trying to be like the Savior. So um, the spirit was good, you know. Everywhere we went, we were received, you know, really well. Um, so yeah, I mean. They were long Sundays, but it, Sundays full of love. When you are growing up and, and you're doing all these things, were there any times in your life where, like, man, I, I don't really fit in? You know, we're, we're, oh my goodness, yes. And I can't. I mean, and, and and this is me. I mean, all of us. We we were lucky to have each other, but you know, we we were like minorities as members. Uh, as 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 black members of the Church of Jesus right. Christ of Latter-day Saints, and then w- amongst our friends and at, in our neighborhoods, we're minorities because we were members of the Church of Jesus Christ <laughs> of Latter-day Saints. Right. So you know, we never really fit in. But my mom um, and my 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 parents really um, just harped on how like the Lord will have a peculiar people. You know, we don't want to fit in. We don't want to be like the rest of the world. And so um, we had each other, and we were all very similar. Um, just in our in our faith, I think that's what really connected us is our faith in our music, you know. But I never, never, rare, rarely ever felt like I was home or that I fit in, you know. Even now, you know, I fit in with my family. That's why I fit in, <laughs> you know. At what point in your in your youth did it, did it become more of Yehosh's testimony instead of maybe not so much, you know, feeding from your from your parents' oh, wow. um, testimonies. Yeah, so uh, for me, my a big moment for me was when I was, um, in, I think I was a sophomore, I was a sophomore in high school, and my freshman in, in eighth grade year, I had, I had a couple friends that we had goals, like these are some things that we want to do, we want to play college ball, we want to serve missions, like these are cool, these are good goals that we want, you know, got to my sophomore year, and those goals had changed for some of my friends and not, not because they told me that they changed, but I watched them. Like there's no way the path that they're going down or the things that they're involved in and that I'm around that they're going to be able to 
do those things. But those goals are really important to me. And um, I remember President Hinckley had the the five B's. He came out and it was that talk that was like, oh, my gosh, I want to live for the Lord. You know, be smart, be grateful, be clean, be true, be humble uh, and grateful, you know. And, and, and so um, I remember that talk that President Hinckley gave and I was just like, OK, Lord, this is it. I want to live for you. I want to live for you. I want to I want I want to. I want to be, I want to be good. I want to be so good, you know, because not that I was necessarily bad, but my friendships and my associations were not leading me in the paths that I wanted to be. And so I said that prayer and, um, I, and I called some of my friends and said, hey guys, I love you guys. If you guys want to play ball, if you want to go see movies, hit me up. But if you're going to be at these parties, if you're going to be doing these things, you're going to have these kind of conversations, like just don't hit me up. And my friends, they respected it. And they were awesome, and they didn't call me. <laughs> and I was a little, I was a little lonely, you know. And so, I'm um, going into my junior year. I was like, I hadn't played football in a while. Let me, let me, let me jump back into football. At least I can get some association there. I started playing football. Where, where are you in this? Cedar City. In Cedar City. Cedar City, Utah. My family, most of us were born in Las Vegas, and then we moved to Farmington, Utah. I lived there for two years, and then we were in Cedar City for like two and a half years, and. Um, so I was in Cedar City, and um, I, <laughs> we went to church, and my friend's mom came up to my mom and was like, man, your boy, Yehosh, you got a good boy. You got a good boy. He doesn't do any of the things his friends do. And my mom was like, huh? <laughs> what are his friends doing? Within that week, I was on an airplane to Arizona, Mesa, Arizona, by myself. My mom understood, and my dad understood the power of association, you know? And so they wanted to separate me from whatever it was that they thought might have been happening with my friends. But I was prepared because I had just said that prayer just like months earlier. Like, I, I want to live for you, Lord. Please, like, put me on that path. I'll follow it, you know? And so moving to Mesa, Arizona, living with the family that I didn't even know I didn't know. Yeah, where'd Adam. you get shipped to? Yeah, so my, my dad had a friend that he worked with in Arizona, in, in Las Vegas, way back when I was like in diapers, and he looked him up. Was like, "Hey Jeff, can you take my boy? I need him. I need to get him out of here." You just know? you, just, just me. Not, it was no brothers, just me. no sisters, just me. And then my family came a couple months later. Everybody else and my parents tended to do that. They prayed over us all the time, and um, that move specifically to Arizona, you know, was for me. And so. I was able to get new friends to start new, new reputation and just, you know, to, to live for the Lord. And I, there was a huge change in me then. And I think that that was that was it for me when I had really decided, like, man, I'm, I'm blessed. I, um, the Lord loves me. Um, and and I can be I can be a, 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 a tool in his hand. And so that was my that was my that was the beginning of my of my my walk with the Savior. So now you're in Arizona. You talk about football, but it's actually basketball seems like it, it's your love because you, yeah. you go on to play mm -hmm. uh, collegiate basketball. So how did that path take you from, you know, I think now you're a senior in, in Arizona. A junior. I was a junior. Junior yeah. in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And then starting your, your pathway in, in, in yeah. college athletics. So that week um, that my mom had had that run in with, with my friend's mom, um, I hurt my shoulder. And then... I was injured <laughs> and went to Arizona and they were like, well, you play football. I said, yeah, I play football, I play basketball. I said, but my shoulder is not right. It's not going to be right for another six and a half weeks. I sprayed my AC joint. And so, um, I really wanted to make sure I made the basketball team. So I just, I sat that year out of football, 
trained with the basketball team, made the basketball team, um, and had a really good year. Had a really good year at Mountain View High School. Shout out to the Toros in Mesa. Hey now. <laughs> yeah. So um, I uh, I made the team. Uh, I was MVP of the region. I was first team all state. Wow. Uh, and then going into my senior year, I was a McDonald's All American nominee. So I just had a really great junior junior season. Um, and I, a big part of that, I just attribute to the Lord, like, I, like that prayer that my mom had, let me let like, like, you know, you know, if you, if you bless my voice, I'll use it for you, you know? So I felt like the Lord blessed my talents. How can I use it to, 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 to give him the glory? And so yeah, basketball was my path. And, uh, I, uh, had a, a couple different schools looking at me, broke my foot my senior year, um, which was great because my mind was thinking like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to just play college, go pros, that's my mission. I wasn't thinking an actual mission. Mission was even in my books because I know Steve Young didn't go, and I think I felt like I was going to be like that. Right. You know, that, that was in that. my mind. Pro athlete. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my recruiting dropped off, and then um, I had some some good looks, and uh, I, I ended up going to prep school for a year because uh, Yale was interested. My dad said, this is a good school. Check it out. You go to prep school for a year, show them that you can handle the academic load. Went there for a year. Um, and I, that was a great preparatory year for me to have some separation from my family, to go to church on my own and, um, to, uh, get my mind right, to decide what I was going to do next. And, and that was to serve a mission. And I served a, a mission in Florida, Tampa, Florida, um, came back, continued playing college ball. I played, played college ball, um, got my associates at Salt Lake Community College. That's where I met my wife. There you go. Uh, yep. Yep. And my mission helped me. Help loosen my tongue to be able to speak to females, and that was helpful. <laughs> <laughs> so met her there, and then uh, my junior senior year, I I finished up at the University of Northern Colorado. So put a pause on that for a minute because you must be still doing some singing, some entertaining along the way with your, that family, is, your family. How how did that that's start? A great question. Yeah. So. Um, like I said, growing up, my mom taught us all how to teach, put us all in our classes. I loved singing. I loved I was not good. I was not great, at least in, in relation to those in my family. I was, when my mom would say, hey, yes, the Bonham family, we sing, and this is our athlete. I was yeah. the athlete. <laughs> I didn't get solos, you know? And when we moved from Vegas to, to Utah, um, I was, uh, <laughs> I, um, I tried out for the talent show in junior high. Uh, the year before, my brother had won the talent show. They knew who he was. And I was like, I'm about to win it this year. Like, this is me. My turn. Right? Yeah. And so I tried out, and I didn't even make, I didn't even make, I didn't Finals. even make the talent show. Oh. Like, I wasn't even able to perform because they cut me from even, because I, I just wasn't good enough. At least that's what they, that's what they thought. And I was, I was, I was heartbroken. But my mom, just about everywhere we lived, my mom had a gospel choir. So I, I kept singing my mom's gospel choir, and I kept that fresh. But it really had an effect on me. It made me question, do I have an ability to sing? Do I just like to do it and I'm not good? You know, and so I never really sang in front of anybody beyond singing with my family until um, I went to prep school and there was a praise group there and I sang with them and they're like, you're really good. And I was like, what? <laughs> no one's told I'm me that. Good? And they gave me a solo, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I think I'm good," you know. And then I, on my mission, I sang a little bit. And then when I went to play some college basketball, my coaches made me sing the national anthem. And awesome. so that that began, you know, beefing up my my confidence a little bit. But I was still really nervous, really self conscious about it. 
And I really didn't really start singing out to the world on my own until after I had graduated college. I went to a couple overseas tryouts, didn't make it. Play, I, I, I coached community college for three years. Then I went to Southern Utah University and I was a director of basketball operations there. And then I got my own um, coaching gig and I was, I, was a, I was head basketball coach at uh, ALA in Spanish Fork. And I was there for four years. Um, and I realized that being outside of college sports, I had more time. And I could do stuff with it. And my mom had a gospel choir. And she was living in Provo. I joined the gospel. I, I was in the gospel choir, the Genesis Group Gospel Choir, which is also known now as the Deborah Brown Unity Gospel Choir. And just re just candled my fire for, for praise, music, and for singing. And so that's what started me up again. And I was, what, 20, 28, 29 years old. So that's when I started, like, singing semi-professionally. And you're really... You've got your own YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. You're multi-talented. Athletics, uh, <laughs> acting, singing. Thank you. You know, you do all these different things. How do you find the time to balance everything, including being a husband, mm -hmm. father, um, and chasing other things that, that you're trying to accomplish? Uh, my wife is super supportive. She's really great. She's really great. Um, when I started, like, singing with my mom's gospel choir and starting to um, build that confidence. And then I had an opportunity to do some collaborations with um, some, some people that were doing some, some pretty cool things with music. Um, I started, I started being able to bring in money. I started to make money. People started wanting to hear me sing and to, and to pay me. And then they wanted to hear me speak and then they paid me. And so that was helpful because, you know, as a high school basketball coach and teacher, you don't get paid a lot. Right. And so my wife was even more supportive of, of me going and, and doing those things. And um, what really made things explode was when my mom asked for a special gift for her birthday. And that was for me and my brothers and sisters to sing a song and record it. So we did that, uh, and um, my mom's like, oh, good, 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 thank you so much. Uh, uh, put it on YouTube, put it on YouTube. And I'm like, uh, all right, you know, we put it on YouTube, you know, like 300 people saw it. But one of the people that saw it was someone who knew somebody at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints a YouTube channel. They're like, this is great. Let's re-record it, and let's do a, a real a real good music video, because the first video, video was, like, done on a phone. And then that was the beginning of our singing group, the Bonner family. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, because you just do one thing, and it just takes one person to, one person to see, and and it really can expand. So when that person reached out to you, and you started to, I'm guessing you're making now music videos for is it the church, or, or, or for us or and Deseret for, Book? You know, yeah, like Deseret Book funds a handful of our family's YouTube. Uh, music videos but for me my own personal I fund it you know I, I pay for those or the pretty people that I'm collaborating with and that's how that happens and don't be humble here you you've you've collaborated and performed with some some pretty big names oh thank you yeah I, I um Madeline Page was a finalist on The Voice so um I've performed with her and 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 have some music videos with her Aaliyah Rose also a finalist on The Voice had some uh um duets with her um, James Curran, also known as James the Mormon, uh, we've had a couple of songs. Um, so yeah, I've had uh, Junior Miley. I've, I've had some really neat collaborations. It's, it's been it's been it's been special. When we talk to when when I talk to a lot of people, um, especially in for this podcast, you know, usually it's people building a business of some sort. Mm -hmm. This is still a business. I mean, this is still 
the Yahosh Bonner brand in, in a way. You're, 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 you're selling yourself for the purpose of, you know, helping spread the word, to entertain, mm-hmm. all those things. As you have built this, what are some struggles that you've, you've gone through and, and how have you gotten through those struggles of, of building this kind of entertainment brand you've got because i love it so much i want to spend more and more money i want to do another song i want to get in the studio i want to do a music video and early on i was losing money i was losing money supporting this gift um and this passion that the lord has put on my heart i knew i was doing good things but i was it was hurting our our finances and so that was a struggle um then also Growing up, yeah, I loved gospel music, inspirational music, but I listened to other music. I listened to R&B. I listened to hip-hop, you know? And like, oh, what kind of artist do I want to be? Well, I'm I'm not, it's not, music is not the end for me. Like, that's not my dream. But me, being someone who loves God, who loves the Savior, it's, I feel a duty to reach out to my brothers and sisters, to uplift, to inspire. And I've been doing that through music, through athletics, um, through my public speaking. Um, and, and so one struggle is, is there just one way that I should do it? Because the world tells you, okay, focus on one thing. And for me, I'm just like, well, the Lord keeps giving me these opportunities. I just, I'm jumping on all of them, you, you, you know, and then um, getting into acting. And I've been in some situations where people have asked, hey, can you say this or will you do this? Or can you be in this kind of scene? And I was like, I can't, I, I don't, I, I don't do that. Like, that's not something I do. Um, and it's, and people, <laughs> you, you don't want to let people down. You know, it just feels like bad, but I'm so grateful that there are decisions that I've made in my life way before these opportunities that made it easier to say, Oh no, I won't say that line. Oh no, I won't do this scene. Um, and, and so I, I, I'm so grateful for the upbringing uh, that I've had um, by my parents and, and by the leaders in the church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints that has helped me already make those decisions. And you're also, you, you, you touched on it that you're, you kind of now started this acting, mm-hmm. you host a show on, on BYU TV family. Yes. Rules. Your family's on season <laughs> four. The Tang family. The, the Tang family will be on season four. Be on the lookout. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's, it was, it's been a great experience thus far, but talk about, you said music is not your end all. If I, if I'm not mis, if I'm not misquoting you here. So what yeah. is your, your goal? What are you, what are you trying to, mm-hmm. what, what are you ultimately trying to accomplish? It's very open until I'm, I'm open to whatever blessings the Lord gives me, but I feel like, um, education, education and, and testimony. So speaking, speaking events, um, whether it has to do with motivation, um, my testimony, um, my race, um, and this, and the, and, and understanding and being more empathetic towards a broader group of people. I think as we, as time goes on, like, and, and, and the more technology that's out there, this world gets smaller and smaller. It's globalization. You know, we're getting to understand and to be able to speak and communicate with people all over the world. So being able to speak and communicate with people and nurture these relationships rather than having these conversations and pulling us apart from each other. So I, I want to be a facilitator of helping those conversations move forward. I studied communication in college and then I got my master's in professional communication and I have a PhD in being black. So there it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that those, those things Dr. I, I, I want to share. Yeah. <laughs> Just call me doctor. No. But Yahosh, in all seriousness, no, 
you know, when we talk about race, I'm a minority too. I, I'm Asian and I don't see a lot of Asians in my war congregations. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was never any policy in the church that kind of segregated, mm-hmm. you know, a- Asian race. That There was that for black people with, mm-hmm. with the priesthood. Right. I, I can't put myself in your shoes, but how do you reconcile that knowing that this has happened? And, and if you're looking from the outside in, I mean, it doesn't, it's not the prettiest picture for the no, church. No, it's not. So as, as a black man, how are you able to move forward in all this faith that you have mm-hmm. knowing that this is part of the, the history in the past of yeah. the church? It, it's hard and it's, it, it's sad, but it's, it's the history. History is to be remembered and, and learned from, um, you know, the history of the United States is a hard history. The, the, the journey of black people in America is a hard history. And how can we move forward if we don't talk about it, if we don't learn about it? So this is a conversation that needs to happen. And so people need to understand that God has always worked through imperfect people. And this is just what is revealed to me in my testimony. Right. What I know for me um, is that, you know, from the beginning, <laughs> when you saw Jesus, his apostles, that's man, that's Jesus. They didn't want to leave his side. They were with him. But just because they were with him didn't make them all perfect. No, Judas still messed up. Big. Peter still denied. But should we leave Christianity? Because those who were closest to Jesus messed up? Should we leave Christianity because Moses wasn't listening at some point? Or because Jonah wasn't listening at some point? No. God has always worked through imperfect people. And I, and I think that um, that's something that we have to understand is that people can make mistakes, but they can still be used as a great tool to bring a, to bring to pass God's purposes. You know, and I'm so grateful for all the leaders that have listened to the spirit and who have, who have um, moved things along. And I also recognize their humanity. You know, and I'm not going to be the one judging everything at the last day, but I know that... Um, for black people our stay here in america has been rough but we're not all leaving we're not all leaving to africa right it's been hard in the church sometimes but i'm not gonna leave these blessings like my family and who i am we are who we are because of what has been revealed in the gospel of jesus christ the restored gospel of jesus christ you know and so um regardless of what somebody else said or what they did i mean that's not new unfortunately to black people you know, uh, and I know for for our community, the black community, we we would be so blessed um, the more we come to know the Savior. Um, and the Savior is such a central piece of of our history from, you know, the civil rights to even enslavement, the, the spirituals. We're a spiritual people. I don't think you'll find a more forgiving and loving people than African-Americans whose ancestors were enslaved and helped build this country. And what allowed us to move forward is that faith, is that love and knowing that the Savior is for all of us. So my testimony is not rooted in in, in a man that said this thing or a woman that said this thing, but it's rooted in the Savior and how he moves me through the Holy Spirit. I love that. I love that. You know, we, that's what we need to focus on is the Savior. He's the, the center of everything. He's Amen. the strength yep. of all that we do. When you talk about imperfect people, mm-hmm. we're we're in the year 2022. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing we still have s- some of those sentiments 
that that linger both in the church and out of the church mm-hmm. that you still have to deal with. I, I mean, is that the case, or am, am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, people say things in they say things, they do things in every setting, work, and you would hope, like, oh, at church, we hold you to a higher standard. Nah, but we still in the church messing up. <laughs> we messing up, you know. But again, it goes back to ah, you're not why I'm here. Why am I here? You're not my why. It's not you. But I'm gonna love you. I'm gonna pray for you, and I'm gonna keep it moving, and I'm gonna keep collecting my blessings. You know, I, I'm just so impressed by that, the the, the depth of your testimony, and, and of your families, because I'm they're all active and they're all must be experiencing the same. Where does that come from? Where, where does all eight, and then including your parents, ten? How is that testimony so rooted and, and so deep when the, the winds of adversity still to, still blow against you? Yeah, we can't afford not to, to, to keep close together as a family and to the Savior. Uh, my parents did a great job in, <laughs> in centering all of our family decisions around what does God want? How would the Savior lead us? Um, and so that's just how we were raised. And I think that's a big part of how they were raised. Um, and it's just rooted, you know, in, in, in that, um, in our heritage, you know? And so I'm a big believer in, as we strengthen our own testimonies, our kids will be blessed from that. It doesn't go without being seen. Um, my, my parents are praying, praying people. They still pray over us. <laughs> they still pray over us. Um, and this journey's not done. This is, we're still enduring. You know, it's not like, um, it's just easy, easy. It, it's, it's not, you know, this is definitely um, uh, a, a long race that we're all enduring. But because of what we know about God, because we know about the Savior, because what we know about ourselves and how imperfect we are and how we still hope and know that the Savior is going to forgive us, we can move forward. We can do better tomorrow. We can do our best to look more like the Savior tomorrow than we did today. Yeah. I love that. And, and when you look to the future, I know your parents went through different struggles mm-hmm. than you did, and they just hoped for the better for their children, just as I'm sure you look at your children. They sacrificed a lot. They did. They did. And when you look at your children and you hope for the better for them, what is the hope that you see and the change that – you see for them in in the future when they're looking uh, and raising their own children? Man, I, I already look at my kids and see, wow, so much confidence. And I'm just like, where does that come from? Because for me, I was very, un- I was unsure. And I feel like because of what we've moved forward, we've built upon what my parents have done. My, my parents built upon what their parents have done. And I think I'm seeing the, the blessings uh, of that. Also, I'm seeing the blessings of an America who's open to talking about race, you know, and, and saying, ah, you know what? We didn't do that right. How can we do better in the future? Oh, that's a painful conversation. But we're having it. We're not just putting a blanket over it and moving on. People say things have gotten worse. Things have gotten worse. No, you're just seeing it now. And we're actually having a conversation about it. Oh, it's actually being recorded. So now it's legitimized. Like, so you have to see a problem to be able to fix it and address it. And I think we're seeing a lot of problems that we have. And I think that um, because of that, 
there's more education that's that's happening. There's more parents that are intentional about teaching their children about love, equality, about how we all are God's children. And so when these conversations happen, um, I think that they're just going to live in a, in a better world, a world of more opportunity for them um, and a world of more opportunity to learn. And um, I, I hope that they won't have to deal with some of the things that I dealt with growing up as a youth and being different um, because we are progressing in, in that realm. And speaking of progress, you recently had the opportunity to play the lead role in a feature film that has, that has won many accolades, including best picture at uh, multiple film festivals. The role that I played in, in, in the movie, his name is green flake was such an important role for me because we don't hear a lot about, about, about black pioneers uh, and their contributions. We really struggle to hear a lot about black history and black history is American history. That's all of our history. We share that history. And so to know that there was an, a Latter-day Saint who was black, who helped trailblaze the way for the saints, who was like a hero, you know, that, that empowers me. You think about the story of, of Daniel, right? You think about the story of Joseph of Egypt. You would never tell their stories without mentioning that they were enslaved, right? And we draw strength and power from that. And so now these stories are coming about uh, about uh, free and enslaved Latter-day Saints and their struggles and how they overcame and their testimonies. And it's empowering to be to, and, and I feel more seen. And so uh, I'm excited for my kids to learn about these stories and to be empowered by them and to know that, oh, we have a place here. We're not the first ones. There were those who came before us who overcame harsher things than we'll ever have to. You know, and I think that. Um, that is special. So with with all the gifts and talents that I that I believe I possess, um, the Lord just magnifies them and he keeps giving me more opportunities to share to share those talents, to educate and to bring people to him. When you played that role, what inspiration did you get from learning about and playing the life of Greenflake as many people likely haven't heard about his story? I was so humbled. I was so humbled for this opportunity and then to speak to his descendants and how much it meant to them for his story to be told because they were so proud. They were so proud of their ancestor. And I'm just like, wow, that knowledge, just in knowing who came before you, who laid this path out for you. Um, and, and so I was I was humbled. Um, and then just to talk to his descendants and for them to say, you're, you're doing it you're making us proud um, gave me confidence um, also for my brother to take a chance because my brother was the director and screenwriter of the play for him to take a chance on me you know this is my first feature film and say it's you bro like I prayed about it it's 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 got to be you and um, and so I just felt really humbled um, really honored and um, focused because I realized ah, it's not about me it's not about me and when it was action and I was acting I didn't feel like it was me <laughs> and you hear me speak now you you hear my voice you watch the movie you won't recognize that voice you won't recognize it how can people go, go and see the movie so the movie's in Seagull Book and Deseret Book so you can uh, purchase it there um, and you might be able to watch it online I'm not exactly sure what platform but um, and what name it's under but 
for sure you can you can purchase it at Deseret Book and in Siegel Book. When you look at the totality of all the talents you've brought to the table, whether that's athleticism, uh, public speaking, TV hosting, uh, all all the music videos you produce, you you probably have you know more than a million clicks with all the things that you've done, uh, feature films that you've starred in. When you look at the entirety of it and you think about success, how would you actually define and how would you measure success in your life? Um, my kids love me. They love me. Um, being a father and being appreciated by them and for them to know my music and to know the message in my music. It's great that it's reaching all these different people and all over the world. Um, but for my children to have those messages locked in their minds of what I'm singing about and for them to appreciate me as a father, um, that's my success. You know, our church leader says the most important work we can do is within the walls of our own home. So as much as I'm doing out here, what's most important is how do my children view me? Do they want to be better because of who their dad is? Um, and so that's kind of how I measure my success. That's Yehosh Bonner, musician, actor, motivational speaker, athlete, TV host, and just all-around great guy. You can subscribe to Yehosh's YouTube channel using the handle at Yehosh. His music is also available on Spotify, Pandora, and Amazon, to name a few. Or just enter his name in your favorite online search engine, and you'll see a lot of his and his family's content. Thanks for listening to Fortune and Faith. We'll be taking a break the rest of the month to celebrate the birth of the Savior over Christmas. The next episode will come out January 9th, 2023. But we want to leave you with the song, Let's Light the World to Celebrate the Season. It's performed by the Bonner family and features Yehosh as the solo singer. Merry Christmas, everyone, and see you again in 2023.
Let's light the world. Yeah. Let's light the world.